From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith with Making a Difference. And it is my delight and my joy to come to this microphone each day and to spend some time with our friends out across America and around the world. We appreciate you joining us and we trust that every day our time together will be a help and a blessing. And as the title of our program suggests, we trust that the Word of God that we share with you will indeed make a difference in your life. I was looking this morning for some promises that I thought over the next few days I might one at a time share with you. And the one today from 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 56 says, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. So that just tells me that I can depend upon everything I find in the Word of God. Not one single promise, not one single word that God has spoken has failed. Those are the kind of promises that you and I should build on. We ought to lay those foundations, get those verses underlined, marked in our Bible, and just depend upon the Lord to be faithful to what He has said. And He will indeed do that. Now today, I want to talk to you about something that I think is a really major concern in Christian circles. I'm talking about the problem of imperfection. You know, it's easy enough to look at the unsaved world and identify the sin that is so plentiful out there with them. But in Christian circles, where we place a premium on things like avoiding the very appearance of evil, and where we also understand that the provision of holiness the need for holiness in the Christian life is the standard that we should uphold. In such circumstances, it's not easy to deal with our imperfections. Nevertheless, it soon becomes obvious when you go to church and you look at the folks that are there at your church, and I'm talking about the pastor, the deacons, the choir, the Sunday school teachers, the ushers. You look at the folks who are active in your church, and I can tell you now, these folks are not perfect. Now, lest you and I get our head in the clouds too much while we're considering their imperfections, let's pause at the mirror and take a look at our own life. Now, folks, the human arena, and even the Christian part of the human arena, is a complex mixture of good and things not so good. So I want to talk to you today about the problem of imperfection. There is, I think, no greater case study for us than what we find in 1 Corinthians. And so we look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and find here that there has been a church planted in the city of Corinth. Corinth being a city in Greece is a place where the Apostle Paul spent a good deal of time. In fact, if you look back to Acts chapter 18, you'll find the account of his time there. The Bible says that he, he left Athens, made that journey up to Corinth, and there he found people that were already saved. He found some good folks there, but he spent some time, in fact, a lot of time. The first reference says a year and a half. 
going into the synagogue there in Corinth and persuading the Jews and the Greeks. I mean, he was preaching the gospel, preaching Christ, and apparently getting good results because, after all, he's a traveler. He's an evangelist, and he's spending a year and a half in one city, and another verse there seems to suggest he might even have spent more time than that. So we have this kind of investment on the part of the Apostle Paul, and in Acts 18, verse 8, it says, many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Later, the passage says there are much people in this city talking about those that have responded to the Lord's message and have come to Christ. Now, these folks, they're living in a city that is not bent right. This is a city that has a lot of temptation. It has a lot of sin going on in the workplace, in the social life. I mean, everything, these folks are still living there in that particular city and finding it difficult, I think, to deal with the expectations of the Christian life. And so we find them, although they are saved, they're born-again Christians, But we're going to learn, as we look at some things here in 1 Corinthians this week, we're going to find that they are not walking the walk as the Lord would have them walk. They, in fact, are very carnal. You say, what does that word carnal mean? It just means that they are living in sin. They are not doing things that they ought to be doing, and they are doing things that they ought never to do. So what's the deal with these folks? Well, they are imperfect. Are they saved? Well, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm going to show you what the Apostle Paul has to say about them. First of all, if you'll look at verse 2, he addresses the church of God at Corinth, and then he says, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean? It means they have been set apart by their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not who they used to be. They are now somebody different. They were once lost, but now they are saved. He goes on to say they are called to be saints. That word saint just simply means that they are, yes, in Christ. It does not suggest that they are entirely saintly, but they are, in fact, positionally, In the Lord, they are saints designated by the Lord as such, and these are they who have, the verse says, called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, our Lord, and they, in fact, by this designation, I mean, you read this passage, and you have to know these folks are saved. They've got problems. They're imperfect. They're not walking as they ought to walk. But yes, they are saved. Verse number four, the apostle Paul says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. So he's grateful that they're saved. He's grateful that they have received the grace of God. He's grateful that they are in the Lord Jesus. Verse 5, he says about them in everything. You are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. He's just simply saying what you have now in Christ Jesus has put you on a higher plane than you ever were when you were living out in the world, more so than anything you ever had before. Now he uses that term enriched by him. And dear friend, every one of us who come to Christ, who have the Savior, we are enriched. Your bank account may not be full, but you are enriched. You may not have a huge wealth of houses and lands and properties and possessions, but if you are in Christ, you are enriched by him. 
And this passage says this about a very imperfect group of people here in Corinth. Look down at verse number six. He says, the testimony of Christ has been confirmed in you. Now, what does that simply tell us? It tells us that there is no question in his mind, no question about their position in Christ, no question by anybody about whether or not these folks are saved. They have a testimony, and it has been obvious to everybody, and that's the reason he uses that term confirmed. He even says in verse number seven something about the gift that they have. They have not failed to demonstrate that they are the recipient of the gift of God. They have been gifted of God. They are in Christ Jesus. And he said, now they're waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who also shall confirm you unto the end. So folks, here again, we have testimony of the eternal security that we have in Christ. We will know, and we know that we know that we're saved when we come to Christ. And he tells us that that waiting for the Lord Jesus will also confirm us unto the end. We put our faith in Christ. He's not going to let us down. He's going to take us through all the way into eternity. And that is the testimony that we have in the Lord Jesus. Verse 9 says, God's faithful to us no matter what the circumstance and in spite of our imperfections, by whom you were called also unto the fellowship of his Son, verse 9 says. So folks, here we have the testimony of the faithfulness of God, and you and I are going to learn, maybe by tomorrow we'll get into this, that looking at these folks in Corinth, there is a testimony of certainty about their salvation, but the imperfections of their life demonstrate very clearly that their performance was not measuring up to their position. Their position in Christ had been affirmed. It was beyond dispute that they were saved. But here they are living and doing things that no Christian should do. And in fact, tomorrow's broadcast, we'll have time. I'll itemize those and show you from 1 Corinthians the tremendously wrong things that were going on in that city, in that church with these folks who also have the testimony that they're in Christ. So today, we see the story as it starts to unfold. Later, we're going to look at the details, and then we're going to look at how do we deal with the problem of imperfection in the Christian arena. Now, just for the moment, let me simply say, when we were looking at 1 John a few days ago, we discovered in chapter 1 of 1 John that if we confess our sins, He, that is the Lord, is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is a promise to every child of God. That's a promise. That verse is not written to the unsaved. It is written to those who are already in Christ. And let me just simply say here today, and I'll give you more detail as we go this week, but let me tell you that the fact is you and I have imperfections along the way in our Christian life, and we need to keep cleaning them up. We need to keep giving ourselves devotedly to the Savior and allowing Him to forgive us and to cleanse us from whatever goes wrong in our life. Is it true that the folks in your church have imperfections? I mean, the pastor, the deacons, the choir, the ushers, etc. Surely, they are human beings. They are saved if they have come to the Lord, if they've trusted Christ as Savior. They're saved. They're born again. They're going to heaven. But the fact is, they are still human beings. They have that old carnal nature that fights to get its way. 
And if they do not stay in tune with the Lord as they ought to stay, if they do not keep their life working strongly to grow in the Lord, if they do not stay warm in their relationship with the Lord, then they stumble on some things and find themselves in difficulty and the imperfections begin to show so strongly. And that's a problem. That's why I call this message the problem of imperfection. It is a problem. And it's something you and I need to address. And I trust that I can help you with that as we go throughout the days of this week. It's been a joy to be with you today. And I thank you for joining me. Let me make one announcement to you. July 19 through 22, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is going to be right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the Sword of the Lord Auditorium. We will have in-person seating by reservation because we have a limited number of seats, but we're going to live stream it worldwide so that wherever that you are in the world, you'll be able to get on one of your devices and watch and listen to the preaching, the singing, and everything that we do here at the National Sword of the Lord Conference, four big days, July 19 through 22. And I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. You'll be thankful. We've got a number of preachers lined up as well as singers and musicians that'll be doing some things. It'll just be wonderful, wonderful times together. Four big days. And I trust that you'll join us then. I'm blessed to have this privilege to be on this station and to talk to you every day. And each and every day, I promise you, we're going to dig into the Word of God and we're going to give you things that'll help you. It'll help you to understand your position in Christ and it'll help you to perform as a Christian ought to perform. And as we started today, I'm going to give you some promises along the way that you can build on as well. Building on the promises, or as the songwriter said, standing on the promises. That's where we are. That's what we do. That's how we feel that we ought to do as we serve the Lord and give ourselves devotedly to Him. Thank you so much for being along, and I trust that you'll join me right here again tomorrow at this very same time on this station. Until then, may the Lord give you his very best today. Walk with him, serve him. Just let the Lord have his precious way in your life. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.